it is Knickknack of the Knickknack Podcast Network, and this will be the Knickknack Podcast Season 8, Episode 5, and I'm calling this one, oh shit, I had a great title for it just a second ago, um, fuck, skipped my mind, um, hmm, damn it, oh, I remember now. Uh, life is just another word for suffering. There we go. Great title. Perfect title. And I actually managed to find a good title for something. Go me. Um, right. So, I'll be detailing that and expanding that on that, obviously. Um, I've also recently rewatched a lot of the show Bullshit, uh, Penn and Teller's Bullshit, and, um... It's also rewatched uh, a bit of George Carlin just before recording this, and that has no small influence in the forthcoming rant. So, uh, thank you, Mr. Carlin, for all you've done and all you continue to do in a lot of ways. And if you haven't watched George Carlin's uh, Life is Worth Dying for and It's Bad for You, uh, go out. Go watch those and think critically. Um, and maybe listen to this first. I don't know. You can pause this, so go out. Do that first. Whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. And the last thing, if you don't like the word shit... Shit. Shit. If you don't like the words shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits, or any of the related words then you won't enjoy this podcast and tune out now. For the rest of you that have an open mind, or at least can tolerate that sort of thing, uh, sit back, relax, and I'll be back in a moment. Since I forget to give him credit all the time, that was... Oh, God, now it's gone. Damn. Uh, That was Josh Elkenberry there with Raindrop Rhapsody. And thank you, Josh, for making your music podsafe. I appreciate that. Podsafe music is good. I try to use Creative Commons and all that with all my music as well. And uh, let's get into it here. Uh, I don't want to do, like, the DJ fake padding bullshit, because there's no need for that. If you're listening to this, you're doing it because you want to at this point. And I thank you for that, because (laughs) anyone bothering to listen to me, ah, fuck, nobody does it anymore. Um, Well, and that was kind of where I started, as I mentioned last episode. Uh, You know, the whole impetus for my creative drive, my creative expression, what started me down the path that I ended up taking uh, when I was about 19 or so. I don't remember. Yeah, I was 19. Uh, it was December of 2003, I want to say, uh, when my great aunt Annie passed away. And um, she was a huge influence on me, uh, reminded me a lot of my Aunt Nancy. And, um, you know, Annie was rebellious, you know, smoker, drinker, 
um, you know, everything that you shouldn't be. Um, but yet, yet, she had this amazing intellect, and yet, she was a strong, strong, I can't think of the word. She was really strong, really determined, really smart, really spunky, really sparky person that did whatever the fuck she wanted for the most part. And, you know, I admired the hell of her, out of her for that. But there was also a part of me that uh, reacted to something that she told me. And basically... I'm not going to tell you exactly what she told me, but she told me she had, was having, or has had, or had at the time, uh, experienced a major health issue. And she figured out what it was, and she subsequently decided not to treat it. Um, much as my grandmother, her sister, uh, later did. Um, and at first I didn't understand this phenomenon, because I explicitly, directly, um, advised both of them, um, my aunt, my great aunt Annie when I was 12 or so, so I mean, I've got to cut myself a little bit of a a break for that, uh, but I both, I told them both, I mean, I think in my aunt, great aunt Annie's case, I said, hey, stop smoking, um, you know, and maybe you'll be more healthy or, you know, that was... But because that was just because that's what was what had been drummed into my head, you know, smoking is bad, drinking is bad, you know, all thanks to the great American education system, which I'll return to uh, later in the episode, of course. Uh, but for the moment, let's focus on the impetus here where everything started for me creatively, uh, as I can recall anyway. So that's what's, uh, well, the you know, so I tried to tell tell her when I was 12, you know, quit smoking, uh, you know, take care of yourself, live a better life, or you'll end up living a better life, etc., etc. I don't remember exactly what I would have said when I was 12, obviously. Um, You know, 12-year-olds are not, well, I was 12. So I try. you know, I made the effort. And, of course, Manny, being the wonderful, rebellious, uh, spunky, sparky, wonderful great aunt that I love her so much for having been, uh, pretty much said fuck you to that idea and proceeded to smoke, as far as I know, pretty much till the day she died. Um, and didn't I didn't find out that she had passed away until shortly, maybe within a couple weeks, uh of me leaving for the for Tempe, Arizona, where I was to go and go to uh, the University of Advancing Technology and get my bachelor's degree and set fire to a big shit ton pile of money. Um, so th- this was, you know, a very critical point for me at the time. At the time, you know, college, all this pressure on moving... You know, away from home, eight hundred and sixty odd miles away from home. Oh boy, big deal. You know, scary adult thingy. You know, or going towards adulthood, whatever. Uh, and this had a huge impact on me. Um, 
at that time because I felt, and I still feel to this day, that I have a lot of valuable and insightful things to say. And nobody fucking listens. And I get really tired of saying the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again as I have on this podcast for eight fucking years and still nobody fucking listens. And, you know, some people might argue, well, nobody fucking listens because you keep fucking saying fuck. And, you know, that's not a valid argument. I throw that the fuck out. Not a valid argument. Um, If you can't accept the full use, the full English language, then fuck you. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm done with this censorship shit. I'm done with this not being listened to shit. I'm done with this, you can only say this at this particular time, in this particular situation shit. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I've had enough. I don't care about being rude. I don't care about being considered crude. I don't care about being considered vile. I do not give a fuck anymore. Because guess what? Nobody seems to give a fuck about me or what I say. Nobody. You know, I have this giant list. Well, maybe not giant, but, you know, like 10, 15 people that I can call when I'm having problems. And... Uh, you know, there there are some people right now that even though they're on the list of people I could call in an emergency that I'm not calling right now because either I don't well know them well enough or um, they've contributed to my recent, recent depression cycle. So they're currently not uh, people I would consider turning to. Of course, if things got really bad, then that would suddenly become an option, but, you know, out of all, out of the list of acceptable people to turn to, uh, over this past week that I've kind of gone through, uh, nobody fucking listens, nobody fucking cares, you know, I say what I want to say, I, you know, exercise my idea, my, my, I don't want to say my freedom of speech, because, as Carlin so rightly pointed out, um, you know, nobody, the rights are bullshit. We made that, we made that up. Um, it's just bullshit. Nobody has rights, um, from the legal perspective in most countries. I think, uh, it's considered, you know, most things are considered a privilege. You know, you have the privilege of expressing your own, your ideas until you piss us off, then we'll shut you up. You know, you have the privilege of following your dreams and, you know, pursuing the occupation you want until you fail and then we'll punish you for it. You know, you have the privilege to, you know, insert this and, you know, it, you know, we have the illusion of choice. That's what it is. It's the illusion of choice, the illusion that what you do in this society, and I say society because this doesn't just apply to the United States, it applies to pretty much everywhere I've been, 
uh, in one to one degree or another. Um, you know, so that's six countries, um, more more or less, and. Uh, Increasingly, the UK is starting to seem as bad as the United States, if not worse, with the exception of the fact that they have the national health. Uh, That's the only thing, really, they have going for them. Um, And from my perspective, you know, uh, the Manchurian accent and the Scouse accent are very sexy when uh, presented by females. I, I can't think of a better way of expressing that, but basically, um, yeah, I think, you know, women with a Manx or Manx accent or a Scouse accent, very sexy. Just the accent alone uh, turns me on. I don't know why, it just does. Uh, so aside from that, and the national health um, I'm starting to think and feel that the UK is just as shitty as the US, if not more so. Um, but they do have the national health and, you know, people with pretty sounding accents. So, you know, in that sense, it's better than here. But um, I'm starting to get the feeling that it's, you know, the degree to which it is better than here is not all that much. Um and I mean, I can't speak for other places. Um, mainly, I've been interacting with people from the UK a lot and starting to kind of deal with um, the effects of UK law, uh, despite the fact that I'm 5,500 miles away. Go figure. Um, anyway, that's kind of what I'm dealing with, and that fuels the whole whole censorship thing, and uh, the whole rant is pretty much fueled by that at the moment. Well, that, and, you know, I've been saying what I want to say, feeling like I've articulated and expressed myself well for eight years, and nobody fucking listens, and nobody fucking cares, and I might as well be talking to the wall, which, for all practical purposes, I actually am. So, what the fuck? Um, yeah. I just, I, I get so tired of taking off, you know, taking ideas that other people have presented, uh, because, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, there's only 88 keys on the keyboard, everything that could be thought of has pretty much been thought of and expressed at this point. So, nothing I have to say is new or insightful or brilliant. I just happen to say it in my own words most of the time. Uh, sometimes I'll, you know, quote directly, but I, when I do that, I try and give credit, uh, even if I don't give financial compensation. So, uh, you know, credit where credit is due, obviously, for the things that I use. But, you know, none of the ideas that I've ever expressed have been new. Uh, you know, my influences, in order... At this point in my life, um, it's kind of a tie between John Lennon and George Carlin. And, you know, going further from that, um, Bob Marley kind of makes the list. Uh, Robin Williams kind of makes the list. Uh, Paul McCartney kind of makes the list. Uh, George Harrison kind of makes the list. 
Ringo sort of makes the list. Um, I'm sure there's a couple other people um, that have influenced me. Obviously, teachers and such. Um, you know, going back to teachers, uh, Mr. Hegg, Mr. Christopher, um, Mr. Pope, uh, Mr. Kenchelow, big influence, and Mr. Hill, big influence there. Um, Ernest, I can't remember his last name though, and I feel bad because that pissed him off because I said things wrong. Uh, so sorry, Ernie or Ernest, I'm sorry. Um, who else has influenced me? I don't know. Uh, obviously, my great aunt Annie. Uh, has influenced me greatly. Uh, my Aunt Nancy has influenced me to a very large degree. Very, very large. Um, who else has influenced me? Well, obviously my mom and my dad. Um, and my sisters to some extent. And, you know, teachers. Um, so, I mean, <sighs> your psychology is made up of environment plus genetics, so obviously my environment has had a huge part of who, you know, has played a huge role in who I became, or who I am, and apparently the brain, from what we know about neuro, uh, neurology and neuroscience is of course bullshit, because we know nothing, and we keep claiming we do, but from what we know about neurology, um... You know, the brain stops developing at 25, somewhere around there. And that's, you know, once it stops developing, that's it. That's kind of, you know, from there you can kind of rewire pathways, kind of. But, you know, that's pretty much it. So at this point in my life, I am who I'm going to be. Uh, I'm absolutely who I'm going to be. My personality, probably not going to change. My outlook, probably not going to change. And... You know, my experiences obviously um, shape shape who I am. You know, obviously the experiences all that I've had thus far have made me uh, who I am. But, you know, at this point the experiences are simply refining who I am, uh, making me who more of who I am, I believe. And... That's where we come into this idea of people saying, and it's an awful, awful, shitty cliche, and you hear it fucking everywhere, it seems. You know, people say, be yourself, you know? Um, I think it's the Marines or the Army or something, but be the best you you can be, you know? Freedom of expression. You're free to do whatever you want. Be yourself. And that's fucking bullshit. Uh, I can tell you that right now, because this is me being myself right now, right here. This is me. This podcast is as much of me as I'm willing to share in a public setting. So this is me. And obviously, not very many people are willing to listen to me. In fact, almost nobody really does. I mean, they sit down and listen and hear, or at least play, what I've said. But they don't think crit critically about it, and obviously, since they don't think critically about it, they don't actually 
act upon the ideas that I've might might have you know brushed off and recycled and polished up from my influences. So it's all lost. It's all for naught. It's all for nothing, uh, or so it would seem. And yet, people continue to say, "Be yourself. Do your best." You know. Again, be the best you 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 can be, and you know that's kind of the whole American thing is you know go follow your dreams, follow your heart, you know American dream, you know get rich, uh, exploit other people by making lots of profit, and build a big house and have two kids, white picket fence, and you know two cars in the garage and a row of houses that all looks the same, and, uh, you know, swimming pool all back, and, you know, once you have all that, you know, stick your money in your ears and your finger, middle finger in the air to everybody else because you've achieved your dream. But it's not actually your dream. And it's not actually achievable. And... The system has been designed, especially here in the States, I don't know, you know, probably to a lesser degree in, say, Canada um, and Europe. I think it's kind of to a lesser degree there. But, you know, I don't know. I haven't lived there, so I don't know. But certainly here, I can say that the the system is designed to make you think that you have the capacity to do anything you want to be, or do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. They want to make you think that. They want to give you the illusion of choice, the illusion of freedom, you know, the idea that you can actually impact and change the world. And, you know, based on that idea, you'll be inspired to do all sorts of things and, you know make money, and then the government can tax you, and then, you know, the owners, as Carlin put it, and accurately, I think, uh, can sell you shit based on, you know, the interests that you express, and then they can make a lot of money, and, you know, they they will know that you're so gullible and stupid that you're gonna, you know, keep smoking cigarettes, keep uh, drinking booze, keep uh, uh, doing whatever it is that you can do to kill yourself. You know, uh, you know, stupid things that we all do that slowly decrease our lifespan. Um, you know, whether it be cigarettes or I don't know, uh, smoking or excuse me, cigarettes or drinking or uh, you know pot, though I don't think pot can kill you, as far as I know, Uh, you know, meth, crack, cocaine, uh, whatever it is, you know, they can sell it to you, and they can make a profit out of, off of you, and you will die, and they will be rich fuckers, and they don't care about this, all they care about is giving you the illusion of choice, making you think that what you do matters, and making you think that you're well-educated and you're smart and what you've done, what you've accomplished matters. And, 
making it such that you don't have the ability to think critically. Uh, because people with the ability to think critically will notice, people like me, I might add, will notice how fucked they actually are. And once you notice how fucked you actually are, and once you notice how much it doesn't matter what you do, or how you do it, or why you do it, or where you do it, you start to realize how pointless this whole game is. And it is completely pointless, so far as I can tell. Completely pointless. So, I mean, I, I, I can go on, you know, I could go on podcasting for the rest of my natural life, you know, 45 years, whatever the fuck it might be. And I can keep saying the same damn things over and over and over and over again, and I probably will, um, you know, so long as I choose to live. Um, but there's nothing's going to come of it. Nothing's going to matter. Nothing's going to change. And even if it did, um, John Lennon understood this concept, and it seems like few other people do. Even if you could hold a revolution, change the entire government, change the entire stru- structure, change all of society, even if you could do that and hold a revolution, guess what? Every time a revolution is held, somebody always comes back into power. There's always an infrastructure built. There's always good intentions, good ideas, good thoughts. And it always gets fucked up, because humans are fucking stupid. Because we can have the most brilliant, brilliant idea, brilliant system, brilliant design, and we can put it on paper and we could say, yeah, that looks fucking good. That looks like it'd be fucking groovy, man. And as soon as we implement it, poof, there it goes, it's fucked. It's the game is, you know, it, the game is over. It's meaningless. So even if you could change the world, humans being humans, it wouldn't actually matter. So, you know, combine that with the fact that nobody listens to what I have to say because you know, even if and and the fact that even if they did, it wouldn't matter. You kind of. My my purpose in life, my goal, my inspiration, my idea, my motivation is completely destroyed. Completely. And throw fuel on the fire here, because might as, fuck, might as well. I mean, fuck. I mean, if you're on fire, you might as well burn, right? You know? You know, people have started saying to me, uh, well, gee, you say... Um, a lot in your podcasts, and gee, you say fuck a lot, and you really shouldn't say fuck or shit or puss, piss or cunt, or motherfucker or cocks, cocksucker or tits or douchebag or uh, well, there's one word that I don't actually want to say. Um, dingleberry. I don't know. The list of cuss words, words that are considered inappropriate, whatever. It keeps growing. It's gone much beyond uh, Carlin's original seven. And, you know, do credit where credit's due. I think we're very creative for continually coming up with new 
um, words that some people think are inappropriate. I kind of take joy in that, you know, find a new, uh, find a way of taking an old word and making it more inappropriate. Inappropriate. Uh, fucktard is an example. I mean, that's a combination of fuck and retard, and both of those are incredibly insulting. Combine it, fucktard. Perfect insult. Perfect insult. Politically incorrect, horribly infens- offensive, but, you know, when you need to insult somebody, it works pretty well to call them a fucktard. You know, somebody that's not quite as stupid, you know, they might be a moron, or somebody that's slightly stupid is an idiot. And, you know, if you're trying to be polite, you'll call somebody stupid. Um, or naive, or dim, or, you know, any other number of synonyms. And again, you know, I'm you can see my influences here in, in what I'm saying. Obviously, I'm, you know, branching off of Carlin's idea and ideas and inspired by his ideas. And again, I, as I said, towards the top of this show, you know, I was watching Carlin before I started this whole thing. And, you know, that's what I should do. I feel like that's... Because I, I don't... My intent in doing what I do, uh, through the podcast or through the audio, audio books, audio books, uh, radio shows, whatever I do, my intention is not necessarily to piss people off. Um, if I can piss certain people off that have been assholes to me in the process of doing what I do, then that makes me smile. However, that's not my goal or intent. My goal and intent usually is to try and get people to motherfucking think. To think critically. To just go off the rails a little bit. Because, again, the education system is designed... It's like Amtrak. It's designed to fail. It's designed to make it so that everybody's a fucking moron that, you know, can only really do a job at Walmart and, you know, can't... You know, doesn't have the capacity to realize how fucked up working at Walmart is. And I've worked at Walmart, and I can tell you, it's fucked up. And, you know, it's it's not... A, I'm not trying to insult people, necessarily. I'm trying to, you know, inspire in them somehow the, the feeling of discontent. Uh, I'm trying to illuminate what they cannot see. And, you know, in doing that, in doing so, I tend to piss a lot of people off. That's just kind of the side effect or bring a lot of people down. Um, I was having a conversation with my mom the other day, and I said, you know, I feel like I'm this super massive black hole. You know, I'm black, I'm dark, I'm negative, I'm everything people don't like. You know, my attitude sucks. My language fucking sucks. I'm a horrible person to be around. Awful, awful persons. Christians really don't like me. Um, you know, so I'm awful, evil, heathen, basically. Um, I certainly know my cunt of a bitchy, horrible, wannabe stepmother thinks this of me. And, you know, fuck her. And fuck her children, too. Why not? Um, but, uh, 
you know, they can think what they want. I, you know, I'm getting to the point to where I'm tired of caring what people think. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, even if it sucks, even if it's a piece of shit. Um, and, you know, maybe there's a reason that I'm a night DJ, DJ on an internet radio station that, you know isn't pulling in any money. There's probably a reason for that. I probably do suck. I'm probably shitty at my job or whatever, you know, this storytelling thing. But, I mean, that's all I can do, you know? You don't ask for your gift. You just, you know, take what you're good at and try and run with it. And, you know, in this society, it's, you know, structured such that if what you do turns a profit, then great, wonderful, you're a productive member of society, good for you. But if what you do is not profitable, or if your efforts don't make money for someone, oh, you're a fucking drain on the system, why don't you just fuck off and die and reduce the surplus population? And that's what, again, borrowing heavily from Carlin here, that's what the owners want. That's what the people that are actually in control. The I don't know. I don't know who it is. You know, I it, it could be anyone. It could be the it could be the fucking queen of England. I don't know. Uh, British did one win the war of eighteen twelve, um, and I don't care what Americans think about that. They the British won that. And, you know, they may in fact be in control of the United States. I have no idea. I don't know who the fuck is in control. But I know that their only interest is in profit. And I know they, their only interest is, one of their main interests is trying to propagate this idea of profit and this idea of capitalism uh, and this idea of freedom. And uh, I can remember in 12th grade, senior year of high school, economics class, you know, that we ran across or we taught terms like command economy and, you know, representative democracy. The United States is a representative democracy. And, you know, then I, I think I went off to the side and said, said well, wait a minute here. Wouldn't it be better to have a direct democracy where everyone votes, everyone decides, you know, everyone actually has input into decisions that are made on a societal level? And, you know, I think I also mentioned things early on, very early on. Um, You know, it was just like when I was first exposed to the Constitution, it's like, "Eh, that's a bunch of old shit that doesn't really apply anymore for the most part. Uh, It leaves a lot of loopholes. It leaves a lot of ways that we can be exploited. And of course, that's what the owners want. Um, And case in point, I mean, uh, there was just an effort to uh, pass a constitutional amendment that would have ended or reversed the the decision, the Supreme Court decision uh, on Citizens United. And hey, guess what failed? Uh, And that's what they want. We've been bought and sold. Lock, stock, and barrel. 
and I don't think I have an owner, but I probably do. Um, you know, it's, you know, and uh, again, uh, borrowing heavy, heavily from Carlin here, the people that keep pointing out and emphasizing these ideas keep winding up dead. Um, take Carlin, for example, you know, maybe he just, maybe he overdosed, maybe he was trying to kill himself, maybe somebody set him up, but either way, he's now dead. And, you know, smart mind, great person, dead. John Lennon, same thing. Smart mind, relatively good person, in a lot of ways, trying to encourage good ideas, dead. Uh, Martin Luther King, smart person, good ideas, dead. Uh, Kennedy, meh. He was maybe trying to do some good things and wound up dead. Um, and, you know, there's, uh, the list goes on. Um, Princess Diana, trying to good thi- do good things, wonderful, happy things, suddenly dead. Um, and that makes you scratch your head. Yeah, it makes you scratch your head and wonder why. Why do the coolest, most groovy people with the most peaceful, wonderful of intentions... Fuck. Jesus Christ, for fuck's sake. I mean, if he existed, fucking murdered by the Romans, hello? Why why do these people always end up dead? Owners don't want them. That would be the simplest explanation. You know, here's a creative thought, here's an idea that we don't want people to hear. Oh, we better cut it off at the source. Um, and maybe I'm being conspiracy theory theor- theorist there, but... It's just a trend that I've noticed, you know, if you're promoting good ideas and you're groovy and, you know, you're trying to affect the world through positive change and you're somewhat successful at it, suddenly you're no longer there. And in that sense, I get the feeling that I've got a couple bullets to the back coming to me. Um, But, you know, if you're going to shoot me, do it in the head, please. Make it short. Um, because that's just the way I am. That's I can't not be who I am. Uh, again, I get so much feedback from family anyway. Um, and not so much for friends, because I don't have very many friends. Uh, I get, but I get so much feedback that I'm negative, I'm down all the time, you know. Why don't I change my attitude? Why don't I just be positive? And you know what my response to that is? Why don't you take a fucking look around? Why don't you see the world for what it fucking is? Everywhere you look, everywhere you turn, we're being bought, sold, manipulated, somehow, some way. And for some reason, people can't see that. Or maybe they don't want to see that. Maybe they just... Maybe there, maybe there's a blessing in being so stupid, so dim, so unaware that you just con- continue to proceed through life, never questioning anything, taking everything at face value. And of course, that's what you want, right? I mean, if you're going to manipulate people, you want to 
group of people that are mindless drones, robots, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want. That, you know, makes perfect sense. Absolute perfect sense. And, um, you know, and here we are, this power, the U.S., the Western power, and, you know, we've got the 9-11 university, or anniversary, not university, I'm sorry, and, you know, what happens, but Barack Obama, the guy that was supposed to be, you know, the change, the guy that was supposed to be the new FDR, not that FDR was all that great, and now that I'm reminded, again, reminded by Carlin, of uh, Japanese internment camps and the awful things, things that were done to Japanese Americans in 1942. Um, so this idea of rights, liberty, you know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and all this shit, it's bullshit. It's absolute motherfucking bullshit. And again, I'll quote Carlin directly, you have to be a... Uh, well, it's called the American Dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. And that takes me to a completely new topic. Well, maybe not a completely new, but, but a slightly different angle on this. Immigration. Immigrants. Why the fuck would you want to come to a place like this? And I can only think of a couple of reasons. Uh, one, you don't know how bad it actually is, and you're just naive and don't know any better. And I can think of at least one person that is in that scenario, and I've been tried, tried to enlighten this person, um, but in doing so and in caring about this person and expressing how much I care for this person... Um, I've been repeatedly uh, brushed off, screwed over, and ignored. And that's kind of, that was my downfall, or at least my most recent downfall. And, you know, I feel, I mean, I've done everything I can, of course, and I feel, you know, like, okay, I've done what I can, and now what do I do, you know? No, I can't do much. Um, all I can do is watch this person, um, and they're going to do what, they, what they're going to do. And uh, that's all. That's all. And it's painful to watch. Uh, it's very painful to watch because you know it's it's like we're this big fucking disease the US culture the the owners capitalism all this shit it's you know it used to be british empire was kind of that but now it's the US that is that and i can't think of any other music that will accurately portray what I'm trying to portray here. This is what we are. We're the giant empire. We're the motherfucking authority that's going to squish every little band of rebels that's going to, you know, blow up Alderaan, a wonderful, peaceful planet with, you know, just one fire of a big fucking laser. We're it. The U.S. is now it. And of course, there's also Russia. 
and everybody else in between appears to be stuck. I don't know who's actually running things, but that's what it is. And it's shitty. And I hate it. And, you know, I... In thinking about September 11th and what happened that day and what happened after that day, uh, as you look back... um, some hold on a minute let me get this do my math right yes i have to check my mouth math i'm fucking stupid uh yeah 13 years so after 13 years and a couple days uh because i'm recording this on the early morning of the 14th pacific daylight time and after 13 years and kind of watching, noticing, and observing what has happened, I can't help but notice that this event has been exploited in by the powers that be to the greatest extent that it could possibly be exploited. And looking back further into history, I look at um, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, and what FDR was trying to do, FDR was trying to convince Americans to get involved in what was going on in Europe. For a good reason, I mean, protect Britain, you know, good reason. I like, I, the British can be annoying, but, you know, I, I like, I like British culture. I like, you know, a lot of elements of Britain, so I'm glad that Britain is still on this earth. Um even though the British Empire historically has been, you know, bastards. But um, the American Empire historically has been much worse and continues to be much worse and will continue to be much worse uh, until the American Empire, the Russian Empire, the Indian Empire, Pakistan, I'm sure, will be somehow involved. And Europe, of course, will be doing... You know, half of Europe is going to be doing what Russia wants to want them to do, wants them to do. Half of Europe is going to be doing what the U.S. wants them to do, and that's going to be World War Three. And it's not far away now. Um, you notice how it was either September on the day of September 11th or shortly thereafter um, this year. 2014, that um, Obama came out and made this big speech about ISIS. And I don't even know what the fuck ISIS is, to be quite honest, because I don't own a television and I don't listen to radio or consume traditional media all that often for a reason. But I can tell you this, it's more bullshit. It's more stupid bombing and more wars and more fighting and more needless death and more propaganda to convince the young people of America that fighting for America is the right idea. America, fuck yeah, sort of thing. And it's wrong and it's bullshit and people are being being manipulated and they're being lied to. And in the case of all branches of the military, um... And the police, to a large extent, because it's essentially a domestic military at this point, the American police force and the FBI and CIA and 
NSA and uh, TSA and pretty much every, every other fucking A you can think of. Uh, you know, it's all all militarized. It's all getting militarized. It's all, you know, shoot to kill sort of mentality rather than um, conflict resolution. It's conflict shooting, conflict ending. They're looking for excitement. They're looking for a chase. They're looking for any sort of interesting thing that can happen. That's what they're out there looking for. And fuck them. Just fuck them for that. Fuck the owners for creating that mentality. Fuck the owners for, you know, driving us inevitably down, 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 and down towards another world war, which I swear to you, in the next 10 to 15 years, that's what it will be. And, you know, it's already kind of there. I mean, the war on terrorism is global. And September 11th gave us an excuse to do that. Uh, Had September 11th not happened, no war in Afghanistan, no second war in Iraq, uh, no nothing. You know, and same goes for um, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Had the attack on Pearl Harbor not happened, FDR couldn't have gotten the U.S. involved in World War II. And I find those two facts very interesting. And, you know, I'm not saying that there was a plot. I'm not saying that people... I'm not saying that the people in charge or the powers that be wanted these things to happen. My best hypothesis is that they allowed these things to happen. And that's almost worse. Um, and in the case of September 11th, particularly, that's worse because that that's particularly traumatic and awful because it was targeted at civilians. And I'll grant you, the average American is a total douchebag and not worth anyone's time. I will grant you that. However, still... You're killing innocent... Well, you're killing civilians. You shouldn't be killing civilians. You shouldn't be killing anybody. But if you're going to be fighting, if you if you have to do that, military things. You know, get the other military. Get the politicians. Get the people who are in charge. But, you know, do a CIA sting operation. Uh, you know, do that. But don't destroy an entire country. You know, don't attack civilians. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a hippie. Peace, love. You know, I want the world to change. I want the world to be a better place. I realize it never will, but I still want it. And... <sighs> but... The powers that be, the motherfuckers that are in charge, they don't care. And... It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I do. They don't care. And they're never going to. And that's facts. Um, So I shall move on just a little bit. Just a little bit. um, To the censorship thing. Because, of course, that obviously 
fucking pisses me off that moving back to the, you know, be yourself sort of thing. I I can't be myself in public at all. You know, I can't go over to someone's house and talk in the manner in which I'm talking now. I can't go on radio and talk in the manner in which I'm talking now. I can't, you know, go on television and talk in the manner in which I'm talking now. I can't, you know, go to the town square with a megaphone and talk in the manner in which I'm talking now. Mostly, you know, with most of those things, the post-traumatic stress uh, comes into play, uh, and anxiety and depression and mania and all the other shit that I'm dealing with. But... You know, you know. E- even if I didn't, uh, if I weren't dealing with that shit, and my mind could somehow, if I could not be dealing with that shit, and my mind could somehow be what it is now without the illness part of it, I couldn't say what I want to say in any medium but this medium. Podcasting is it. Podcasting is the last goddamn free media frontier and the owners want to fuck it the owners want to fuck it hard and guess what it's going to happen and there's nothing I can do because what I do is not profitable and because it's profitable it holds no value therefore I'm not a productive member of society therefore if I want to die, I better hurry up and do it and reduce the surplus population. <sighs> so, you know, here here I am. You know, I, I've all I've all I had, you know, a week or so ago was the feeling that well, okay, I can't hold the job. You know, my my. My mind is my my mind and my mental capabilities and my body and my physical capabilities do not permit me to hold the job in this society at this time and you know in the foreseeable future I would not I would predict that I you know I can't do it I can't do it because in order to be socially acceptable I have to suppress who I am. And lots of people can do that. Lots of people can do that. And, you know, some people don't really need to do that because they're so fucking stupid that they don't know how to think critically, so they don't need to do that. But me, I've got this gift slash burden of, you know, thinking critically and over... Think, oh, oh, fuck. Um, overdoing it, thinking critically. Over, overdoing critical thinking. I have I have this gift slash curse. You know, as a side effect of my mental condition and who I am and my environment and genetics, etc. I've got this blessing slash curse of critically overly overleaf overthinking critically that's my problem that's the base of my problem 
And because I critically over, I because I critically overthink or overthink critically, I see too much, and I've seen too much that makes me want to say something. And when I'm in a situation where I want to say something and I can't, I have to suppress, right? You know, I have to take those emotions and all those urges, those urges to flip customers off, which I have done three times, um, or cuss them out, which I've done several times. Um, Only got caught once, though. Only got caught and reprimanded once. Interesting. I kind of wish I had gotten fired from Walmart because that would have been, you know, like a victory. It's like, fuck yeah, I've been fired from Walmart. Clearly I can't function in society, or this society at this time under the conditions of the people, or under the conditions of the powers that be. Um, But anyway, I can't function in this society. I cannot. I cannot, cannot, cannot. Because this society dictates that that the things that I think, feel, and have the desire to express are socially inappropriate, are things that just shouldn't be said. You know, the, and because of this, I'm not wanted. I'm not needed. I'm not even considered by the rest of the world. The rest of the world squishes I would hurry up and die. And you know... I'm a smoker, so I'm working on it. I've shaved off 22 hours of my life so far. I'm working on it. Um, Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't seem to have the balls to do anything more direct. Um, And then there's also the guilt of if I did, you know, do something to harm myself, then people would, other people would be sad. Uh, Ironically, these are the same people that don't, care enough to answer the phone when I call, but ironically enough, um, the idea of their guilt and their sadness over my death is enough to, at the the moment, is enough to prevent me from, from dying, from choosing to die, from dying intentionally. That's it. That, that, that guilt... And the fear of the unknown, you know, the agnosticism, the science can't tell you what's what the meaning of what what happens after life stops. Those two things. So I mean, it's basically fear and guilt. Fear and guilt is what's keeping me on this motherfucking planet. Fear and guilt. And because of fear and guilt, I endure. And I don't, you know, I it, it's fucking stupid. That's a stupid fucking reason to not kill yourself. Stupid fucking reason. But that's what I got. And I don't know. I don't know. I just don't fucking know. And, you know, again, I have this problem of, you know, I I can't express myself. People don't want me to express myself. My expressions and my ideas are socially inappropriate, therefore they must be suppressed, they must be relegated to the dark corners of the internet. Um, For example, and I'll, you know, this, I think this is worth replaying and redoing and the risk of getting sued. For example, I, I played this series of songs 
the other day. And, you know, even with, or with songs and audio clips, really, even with, you know, pro- having provided an advisory of saying, okay, he, you know, for the next 15 minutes, uh, I'll be playing some Green Day and some Simpsons quotes that not everybody will like. If you don't like it, please return in 15 minutes. And for those of you that do like it, you know, here it is, my patriotic lineup. That's essentially what I said, and here it is, my patriotic lineup. Our first essayist will be Lisa Simpson. Lisa? Uh, Lisa? (gasps) Oh, there she is. Lisa Simpson will now read her essay... I would like to read a different essay, if I may. Um, okay. The city of Washington was built on a stagnant swamp some 200 years ago, and very little has changed. It stank then, and it stinks now. Only today it is the fetid stench of corruption that hangs in the air. And who did I see taking a bribe but the Honorable Bob Arnold? I'm sure you can buy all the votes you need with your dirty money. And this will be one nation under the dollar with liberty and justice for
I bet this place sells illegal fireworks. Just go in and act casual like you buy them all the time. Hi, um, let me have one of those porno magazines. Large box of condoms, a bottle of Old Harper, a couple of those panty shields, and some illegal fireworks, and one of those disposable enemas. Uh, no, make it two. My apologies, sir, but the sale of fireworks is prohibited in this state and is punishable by... Follow me. Any red-blooded flag-feeding American would love the M320. Celebrate the independence of your nation by blowing up a small part of it. All right. And that's... That was my... And that is my, uh kind of salute to the United States, and uh, generally, I like to play that or incorporate that in whatever I'm doing around the 4th of July, September 11th, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Labor Day, kind of, well, Labor Day's more of a union thing, um, FDR era bullshit, but, uh, you know, that's you know, that's what I played. And yes, it's a bit edgy. And yes, uh, let's see, there were two fox and one faggot. Um, and plus all the, I guess, the mention of condoms and uh, some of the other inappropriate but funny things that uh, Homer Simpson mentioned. But, sorry, I'm smoking as I'm talking. Uh, again, trying to shorten that lifespan. Uh, right. But, you know, the point... The point of that is to say, what the fuck, America? What the fuck? This is... This event, this tragedy happened, and you allowed... You allowed the... the the country to further degrade. You allowed your fear and your anger and your hate to consume you. You became, we became Darth Vader. We became, you know, the, the, the we became Darth Vader. That's, that's all it is. You know, you went from, I, I hate to do this. I really fucking hate to do this because I hate the fucking prequels and uh, fuck you, George Lucas. But at the same time, he knew what I was doing. He, he knew what I was doing story-wise. And in the inter- extended interviews, you know, he even said, well, I basically became Darth Vader. So at least he's aware of it. So I'll get, you know, do credit for that. But, you know, he's... he He's the perfect symbol. You know, here he is. He's this kind of independent, edgy uh, producer. You know, he's not 
or filmmaker, producer. He's not from Hollywood. He's from Northern California. He's from, like, Modesto or something. And he's different, and he's edgy, and he doesn't do things the way the studios want, want them to be done. And, and as a result of that, he manages to get, you know, his Star Wars films done and a number of other films and as a result, he creates his own company, becomes a millionaire, and suddenly becomes the very evil he was originally fighting. Hmm. And, you know, that's the American dream. To become the very thing that you struggled against in earlier in life. And that's a pretty fucked up dream. And... You know, I, it's not achievable anymore, so I guess it doesn't matter. But the fact that the powers that be, I hesitate to call them the owners because I already feel like, you know, I'm shitting, all, shitting and pissing all over copyright law, and I do that for a reason, but I don't want to, you know, push the envelope too far. Um, but at any rate, the powers that be, the fact that the powers that be, you know, drove this into us when we were kids, when we were too fucking stupid to question anything, when we were too fucking naive to know what we were being sucked into and manipulated into. Um, and then, of course, I, I feel really bad for teachers. I feel really, really bad for teachers because the material comes from Texas, for the most part. You know, the standards, whatever, it comes from Texas, and Texas is, of course, a state full of fucking redneck assholes excuse me fucking conservative redneck assholes nope not good enough fucking conservative christian religious crazy nuts fucking assholes they deserve the two fucks there uh yeah so all the material comes from texas and texas you know bad source and pretty much almost without exception I can't think of very many exceptions. Uh, so, I'll say, almost without exception, um, and the only ex exception I can think of is Austin. And maybe people that lived in Austin or grew up around Austin, which, ironically, Austin is the capital of Texas. Go figure. Uh, but Austin's a cool town, and Austin's good. But everything else, Texas, and everything else that has been exported from Texas, bad news, Horrible, god awful. Uh, why we fought the Mexican American War, I will never know. Uh, manifest destiny. Fucking bullshit. This whole country. Fucking bullshit. But nobody listens, and nobody cares. And again, I'm pushing copyright here, but eh, I've already pissed, up, pissed all over it, so fuck it. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm discouraged, and like I said, all, the only thing I've got going for me is, you know, the thing that's keeping me alive at this point is, the again, the idea of how sad people that can't be bothered to pick up the phone and call me when I'm alive would feel, you know, I, 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 I I'm going to keep liver, living in spite of my suffering because people that can't be fucking bothered to talk to me might be sad. 
and because I you know don't know what's on the other side. The fear is the better part of that. You know, fear fear of death is good. I hate the uh, bullshit, uh, whatever the fuck it is, acronym or whatever for fear. False evidence appearing ring real. No bullshit. Fear is there for a reason. If you're afraid of something, there's a damn good reason for it. Your past experience says that you're not going into a good situation or. You know, it's just natural instinct. Uh, you know, you're sitting on the top of a tall building looking down. You're afraid of falling and smacking into the ground and dying. Natural fear. Fear of heights makes perfect sense. Claustrophobia makes perfect perfect sense. Uh, you know, the, the word phobia is, means irrational fear, right? Well... I mean, I have social phobia, right? I fear of being in public places and being su- uh, uh, susceptible to a large group of people and their criticism and their judgment. And why am I afraid of that? Because I've been in that situation before and because people criticize endlessly. And how I have the balls to even say and record this shit let alone publish it to the internet, which I may or may not be able to do this month, but I will eventually, so... Eh. But the fact that I have the balls to do even this uh, is truly amazing. But I think I do it because I feel there is some value in saying what I'm saying. You know, I'm saying... what's what, what, what I'm saying is coming from my heart. What I'm saying is the true me. I'm not, no bullshit here, this is me, this is my opinion, this is, you know, going from my brain, to my mouth, to the microphone, to the computer, to the server, to whoever the fuck is listening. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart. I'm being true to myself. I'm being the best me that I can be and all that bullshit. And guess what? The dream is dead. The dream is over. And I don't have a Yoko Ono. And as I was thinking the other day, even if I did have a Yoko, what would be the point? Because... In any relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, family relationship, whatever, one of two things is going to happen. Either the other person is going to intentionally or unintentionally betray you, screw you over, and end the relationship, or the other person is going to die, and the person that survives is going to feel like shit that those are the only two possible outcomes. The best possible outcome for a relationship is, you know, when both of you are happy, somehow do it Romeo and Juliet style, except at the same time. That's the best possible outcome I can think of for a relationship. But I'm a sick, twisted motherfucker, obviously. I've got issues. Um, And... I have my sick, twisted, fucked up reason for sharing these issues, but, you know, what the fuck? I, you know, I've been blessed slash cursed with the ability to critically overthink, and this is the result. And if you don't like it, fuck it. Fuck you. 
I could give a fuck. Um, yeah. Susan Boyle. I dreamed a dream in time gone by And hope was high and life worth living is very good at killing dreams. People suck. The world sucks. Life sucks. It all sucks. It's all bullshit. It's all bad for you. Uh, life is worth dying for. And other Carlin quotes as well. God, I... Lenny Bruce, Carlin, Seinfeld to some extent... Robin Williams, certainly. Um, I'm so thankful to them for... Let me amend that, too. Add to that. Uh, John Lennon, Kurt Cobain, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, I'm, and uh, Eddie Vedder. Uh, I think those are the major people. 
my life that influenced me the the, the, and the people that really pushed barriers you know they pushed the barriers so that the people behind them could use that space and take advantage of the the you know the the space that they opened up you know it's like plowing the snow you know you just like once once the plow has gone through you know once Lenny Bruce has gone through once Carlin has gone through once John Lennon has gone through you know being one of as far as I know one of the first recording artists to uh, use the word fuck on a record um, I should look that up who was the first to do that but Working Class Hero, I think that was one of the first appearances of the word fuck on record. Um, But maybe not, I don't know. But, you know, certainly plowed the way. And, you know, Cobain plowed the the way a little bit more, and Billy Joe Armstrong and uh, Rest Green Day plowed it a little bit more. And uh, Eddie Vedder plowed it a little bit more. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers plowed it a little bit more. You know, everybody that has come before me has tried to, you know, make the snowdrift go the fuck away and give me a clear path. But I'm still trying to plow. I'm still trying to make the snow fucking die because I fucking hate snow. But the snow keeps falling and... The powers that be are bringing on a blizzard, and soon the whole world will be covered in snow. And I sure as hell hope I don't live to see that day. I would invite you to send comments, questions, and suggestions to nicnacjak at gmail.com. That's November Indio Charlie, November Alpha Charlie, Juliet Alpha Kilo at gmail.com. However, people have been bastard covered bastards with bastard fillings lately, so. Um. You can send me comments and feedback, uh, obviously, because I just gave you the means to do it. But. I don't know. Assholes are going to be assholes. So, you have that option. If you want to be an asshole, go be an asshole. If you want to be a rare, nice, loving, caring person that cares about their fellow self-suffering human and the human condition, etc., then do that. Uh, Either way, you have my email address. I'm not going to give you my phone number because I'm not that fucking stupid. Uh, What else can I give you, though? Oh, uh... Go to Facebook, search Nicholas Jackson, November, Indio Charlie, Oscar Lima, Alpha Sierra, Juliet Alpha Charlie, Kilo Sierra Oscar November, and that's N-I-C-O-L-A-S-J-A-C-K-S-O-N, search Facebook for that, you'll find me there, uh, Nick Jack on Twitter, that's November, Indio Charlie, November, Alpha Charlie, Juliet Alpha Kilo, on Twitter, and those are the means by which you can get a hold of me. Other than that, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings. Bye.